Hi, I'm Martin Reynolds from TD866, Environmental Responsibility, and I'm talking with Joe Smith from the Open University about his initiative called Creative Climate. Hello, Joe. Let's begin with a what question. Now, what is Creative Climate? Creative Climate is an attempt to tell the story of the decade from 2010 to 2020 and to give an account of how human ingenuity responds to the challenge of understanding and acting on climate change. And what's triggered the idea? It comes out of the fact that I heard chief scientists, presidents, prime ministers saying that the next decade is a key decade in human history in terms of responding to climate change. And it occurred to me, well, two things occurred to me. First, that... Well, if it's a key decade in human history, someone ought to capture it. And secondly, that actually the business of saying we're going to create an archive was a hopeful act that would help people feel that actually this is a problem that we can probably fix and that in trying to capture a whole range of stories about human ingenuity, creativity, imagination in response to uh, environmental change, that... Actually, we would reinforce society's capacity to cope. So what will it look like? In My Dreams involves edited broadcast stories that the BBC will produce. That might be television and radio. It might just be radio, but we'd certainly be using video on the web. And uh, although, of course, over the decade of the project, I think what TV means will have changed. We're going to work with the BBC to tell stories of charismatic people and institutions that are in one way or another important to how we respond to climate change. They're going to be following them. They're going to be going back to them year in, year out to see how their stories are unfolding. And it's the stories that provide the creative aspect of it? That's right. And those stories will follow everyone from polar scientists through to architects, engineers, designers right through to, um, you know, people like me at the weekend down on the allotments, Uh, people who are growing their own food, people that are coming up with their own solutions to how you might live a low or zero carbon lifestyle. And what is the, the role of the internet? That's where I think there's lots of interesting material going on for Open University students. One is that we're going to be inviting what the webwise call communities of interest to cluster on the creative climate site so you might have architects or artists uh, clustering together to a couple of times a year benchmark each other swap notes see what they're doing share their experiences maybe post recent projects and then another aspect of the web offer is for open public posting where you or me, my grandmother, uh, anyone in a bus queue could go and post their own experiences, experiments, ideas about understanding or responding to environmental change. Note that I've said environmental change, not just climate change, because we'd like biodiversity loss to be part of this conversation. Joe makes an interesting point here about using the issue of climate change as a trigger for conversation about other related issues. What do you think might be the effects of this, the positive effects and and the negative effects? You mentioned benchmarking in relation to retrieving stories from the past. Could you just say something a bit more, Joe, about the value of that process, of keeping that kind of repository? You know, I love history. 
In a parallel life, I'd be a historian. And I think that the period we're going through is of historical significance. I mean, every period is. But, you know, we really are at a hinge point. Humanity has to get wise and do it quickly around how we think about resources, how we think about pollution, how we think about the character of our, our development. And for that reason, I think that uh, we ought to do a good job of capturing this period so that in the future, people will be able to make sense of it in a rich way. And very clearly, the technologies that are available to us now facilitate that, uh, that kind of process very well. Yeah, really rich and textual histories, really rich oral histories. But perhaps the more, much more important thing, I mean, really, that's an indulgence at some level. The more important and urgent thing is that I think benchmarking could have a really significant role in allowing, as I say, the general public and, and specific communities of interest in, in accelerating progress, sharing learning. And that notion of sharing invites this idea of providing a space. And there seems something about the creative climate which is offering an alternative type of space for these types of conversations to be had. Is that, is that roughly about it? I mean, do... no, Bang on. No, thanks, thanks for raising that, Martin. I mean, the, the web obviously offers all sorts of new spaces for dialogue and exchange. And they're being used, you know, whether people want them to or not. People are invading that space and doing fantastically interesting things with it. I'm really interested in the way the web can generate new public spaces. At one level, you might think it trivial. I think the photo sharing site Flickr has given people a whole new way of showing themselves to the world, sharing themselves, you know, family snaps among a family or, or, you know, keeping in touch with people they've met at a festival. So just if you take some of the technologies inside that site. So just a simple one, tagging, allows a whole body of the population to visit a site like Creative Climate and pursue their own interests. So I mentioned allotment holders to you earlier. Well, I'm an allotment holder. One of the tags I would pursue is gardening, self-provisioning. You know, we're going to see new ideas developing about, <laughs> about how you can provide for yourself cheaply and healthily on your own garden. When you, sorry, when you talk about tagging, this is something which I mean, it's, it's, it's a way of locating different types of conversations that are going on on the web space. Yeah, simply. Also. It's just one of a number of ways in which people can identify other people with common interests. And engage with them. Engage yeah. with them, post their own thoughts. Um, it's how we can find each other, in short, and have the conversation we, we want to have. This use of web space for conversations is in contrast to the idea of web space for broadcasting, a space for depositing scientific information, reports, statistics, articles, etc. This is certainly helpful for professional engagement with climate change, but might also be sensed by members of the public and interest groups as actually being quite overwhelming. I think you're dead right. Overwhelming, but also um, there is the dangers of how you how you kind of measure the authority of statements on the web. So people who are sceptical of climate change, but without an adequate scientific basis to their claims, have caused all sorts of havoc around public understanding of uh, this critical issue, simply because the web gives them a space to to muck around misbehave really 
So what help might be given here? I think uh, what we'd like to do is to make a space where the joins between expert opinion and public debate are both a bit more explicit, but also we make a space where that can happen with a bit more confidence and a bit more authority. So people can have more confidence that their own judgments have been well considered. So people have, you know, a right and an opportunity to have uh, their opinion and their voice heard. But they've also got access to the kinds of materials they need to equip themselves to take part in the debate. So, I mean, it's a classic open university thing to do, to act in a way as a bridge between expertise and wider public debate. The idea of providing and nurturing an alternative form of space for conversation is clearly an important aspect of creative climate. Before listening to the next part of the podcast, you might like to think about the existing kinds of space available for such conversations. What limitations are there using conventional media for promoting environmental responsibility? Who in particular might be disadvantaged through such media? From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.